Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. And we are still knee deep in tech. This turns out to be this, the actually episode 17. Yep. But the 18th episode that we actually record. <laughs> That's correct. Oh yeah. We, we, we shouldn't have had the 13 and a half, but we kind of had to. Well, the 13 and a half, I liked it. Yep. And it was necessary. Yeah, it, it for. Uh, so, today, let's start with big news. Big news. As opposed bit, to small news. Yeah, as always, you're right. Uh, however, these are now old news. Old news. So oh. we have big news as opposed to small news that are now old news. Old news and new news makes more sense than small news and big news. Right. Delivering continuous innovation with Windows Server. A you blog post. didn't make that up, did you? No. Okay. That's true. Right. And to be complete, just this is um, a blog post from Microsoft on the Hybrid Cloud blog. I guess it's on other blogs as well okay. by the Windows Server team. Written on June the fifteenth, right, about a week ago. Yeah. And to me, this is no surprise. Mm-hmm. This is I've been waiting for this for yeah, ever since Windows as a service were announced. Windows Ten as a service. Right. This is basically aligning Windows Server with Windows, Office, and Config Manager in delivering software as a service. Okay. So, Windows Server will be released two times a year, called, like, the completely worthless name, semi-annual channel releases. Okay. So, we'll have one new Windows Server release in May each year, and one in September. So, biannual release. Yeah. Okay. What is this going to mean for people that go through the hassle of certifying each and every uh, version for some kind of workload? I'm I'm thinking um, hospitals and people like that that claim to need uh, specific uh, versions. You'll have two choices, which basically maps again towards windows okay you can either be in the long-term servicing channel and keep running windows server 2016 right it will be supported for at least 10 years and you can bump it up to 16 if you'd like to 16 years 16 years of support all right but then again you won't get any new features you will only get security updates basically right right Uh, or do as we do on the Windows client side. Do everything at least once every 18 months because that's the support length for a biannual channel release. Okay. That's interesting. Yep. Hmm. So, again, you will be required or in a way required to upgrade your Windows servers at least one once every 18 months. You say required. Um, required how? Required if you want to be supported. Support. Okay, so the keyword here is basically support. Yeah, it, it will probably run. I haven't seen <laughs> anything about no! forcing. Boom. Oops. I, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything about forcing reboots or whatever. All right. Uh, it's highly possible, though, that it will do that. Okay. Um, but if you want more than 18 months support, you should go for... Uh, server 2016 but then again you won't get any any new features 
And in by by saying service in 2016, you mean the long service, long term service channel. Yeah. Which so is an, another time Microsoft actually changes the nom- nomenclature. Yep. Uh, okay. So now it will be Windows Server 1709 will be the next release. Right. And and I, we have to be very clear about this. The biannual releases will only be for Nano Server and Server Core. If you need Windows Server with desktop experience, you have to run Server 2016 long-term servicing channel that's interesting so we're looking at a smaller more lightweight windows server that is biannually updated yeah exactly. that is very interesting yeah i'm i'm what i'm seeing here is and you correct me if i'm wrong um, a move towards smaller tighter windows servers and more containerization yeah docker whatnot yeah and that's actually the interesting part of the blog post because it, it's written the headline only mentions that it will be Windows Server as a service. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. But inside that blog post, they also state this about the headless servers that you won't get biannual releases of Windows Server with desktop experience. Right. They also clarifies that nano server will be even more lightweight and only used for containers moving forward so they will remove the infrastructural parts of nano server hyper-v clustering and so on and move that to server core instead which now should be the major choice of server for that kind of usage and nano server should only be used for windows or linux containers which will be supported in the same image moving forward. That's a very interesting and, in my opinion, a very good uh, design choice. Yeah. I mean... And VMware already does that with Protos, I think the name is. Right, right, right. So so basically you're kind of... Uh, there has been an, an overlap between the Nano server and the, the, the server core. Yeah. And that has pretty much been removed by this yep. design choice. I like it. Yeah. Cool. So Nano Server will be there to be small, lightweight, fast, and support containers, regardless of it being a Windows or Linux container. Everything else that could run on a so-called headless server, Mm -hmm. aka a server without desktop experience, Mm. should be run on server core. Yep. And everything else should be on server 2016 um, and be outside of the annual biannual release cycle interesting and that, that will prove a challenge for some i would say because of course you would i for one would be happy to run the latest release of windows server for all my systems of course mm-hmm. but we have still some infrastructural components in my case config manager that won't run on server core no, I was just about to ask you, are there still some things that are not supported on the server core? I think that, there are plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was coming to that. And and that again, I think it's I think from Microsoft perspective, that will be a way to drive people to Azure instead. And POS services. Ah, oh, right, right. Because then you will get some of the benefits of a continuous innovation thingy yep and you can have only the things you need on-prem and run 
all your systems on server core and the things that still requires desktop experience yep. could be in Azure, for example. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And, and speaking of Azure, I'm going to yep. actually go a bit off script here. And <laughs> we, we're faced with an interesting um, situation. We're helping a customer pretty much evaluate Azure as uh, the next data center for them. Hmm? Pretty much take their, their whole IT and put it into Azure. And we came to the discussion, and I think we've covered this earlier, on how to get uh, SQL Server in, um, integration services yep. and, and data flows into uh, Azure. Has something changed since Lost? Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, actually, and technically, no, nothing has changed. Small news then. Small news. <laughs> Very good. Very yeah. well played, <laughs> sir. Um, nothing has changed except our thinking. And it, 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 to be fair, when we talk about thinking and you and changing, that's not a common thing. Well, I don't agree, <laughs> which is a case in point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you just have good enough... Um, we, we are getting way out of script now. Yes, so, we are. so go back to, you, you change your way of thinking. Yes, yes, changing good stuff. We, we decided to use Data Factory. Yep. Data Factory, are it, as, as a product, it is nowhere near as versatile as SQL Server Information Services, Integration Services. Yep. But on the other hand, it's not designed to be. It is designed for big data, data flows, pretty yep. much. However, we don't have SSI as a service yep. yet. yet. But we can do pretty much the same thing as we do in SSI with T-SQL in the database. So pretty much use a data factory to get data via the service bus, uh, pretty much from the on-premises system up to a staging database. Then you yep. use T-SQL to do the um, transformation to the actual data warehouse. It's a bit more tedious, but in the end, it accomplishes pretty much the same thing. But here's the kicker. You can use Bimmel. S sorry? Bimmel. Business Intelligence Markup Language. It's an XML-based yep. language that is primarily used to design and create SSIS packages programmatically. Yep. You can use the same language to create pretty much the same thing in Data Factory. So when it's time to change Data Factory to SSIS as a service, as we think this will be coming out in some months, we still have the same code. We can pretty much just regenerate what we're doing and go about our business using SSIS as a service instead. That's neat. It is neat. And, and, and you will have more things in Azure than you perhaps thought from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So pretty much what we're doing now is we've tossed the whole idea of having a, a local SSIS. Just yep. oh, gone. That's good. It is. Are Very there any challenges or downsides with this? Um, well, the challenge is that Data Factory doesn't do what SSIS do. Yep. But that's fine. And of course, we will need to rewrite some code. Yep. But we won't have to rewrite all code if we yep. be a bit careful. So that, that's, that's useful. Yep, it is. Uh, and sp speaking on data, I think we could continue with your other Power BI news. We could. Um, there are now new APIs for Power BI. Hooray! Yes. 
Do you everyone, have, yeah. and, and everyone wants an API. Sure. Do you know what this one does? No. It covers refresh. Oh. So you can programmatically refresh your data. That is That's something very that, good. Yes, it is. There are a few caveats, of course. You need to be on premium in order to use yep. this fully. Premium gives you 48 times a day that you can refresh the data. Mm -hmm. If you're not on premium, you are looking at eight times a day. Can you, is it fixed time? So it once every half hour, or could you say that, yeah, we want to refresh this at say, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and so on. So you have a refresh during the working hours. Or how, how can you well, spread you already, them out? Well, you already have time-based refresh. Yep. That's already there. Okay. This is, for instance, before you start a data load, before you do something else, yep. after you do a data load, you can programmatically trigger a refresh, meaning mm. anywhere in your data flow, as soon as you can put in a uh, an API um, request, yep. just bang, you get the, the, that, the data. That's neat. It is. And this is just the beginning of, of um, the different APIs coming out for Power BI. Yep. So this will be very interesting, and I have a, a strong feeling that we will be seeing quite a few new APIs up, uh, running up to uh, pass Summit yeah, this, this uh, fall, and more after that. So yeah, that's that's very interesting. There was a um, blog post uh, by this by um, Siri Sun, one of the uh, senior program managers for the uh, the Power BI team. So check it out. Yeah. And speaking of APIs, do you see? Um, because we talk every, every single day, we talk about the need to learn how to code. Mm -hmm. Is that something that? Speaking of this, does the general DBA have the necessary coding skills to actually benefit from the APIs coming out? No, I would say no, no. Generally, the DBAs that I meet, they are rock solid on, on T-SQL, yep. but they generally have no clue about anything else. Yep. And that's not in any way degrading, that's just the, f the way it is. Yep. So, Programming skills in general in the IT infrastructure community suck. Yep, is my opinion. Yep, Fr from so the IT pro side. From yes. the IT pro, the the infrastructure side. So we we have a lot to learn and very short time to do it. Yep. Are there any particular language that you have a need for when speaking about SQL? When it comes to just day-to-day -day SQL, PowerShell is always an yep. option. And I mean, everyone who's working in the Windows world, PowerShell, yep. every day of the week. Microsoft world, yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And when it comes to data science mm -hmm. and that side of the fence, Python, Python is yep. moving forward in giant steps. Yep. And I think that Python will be the next big thing, especially as SQL Server 2017 will have uh, Python pretty much mm -hmm. built in. So Python and, and uh, PowerShell, if you know those two languages, you're going to do just fine for quite some time. And of course, uh, JSON and J JavaScript. Yep. That's uh, the backbone of Azure. Yep. Good to know. Yeah. Moving on to something completely different. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Apple. That is completely different. Yep. 
a few weeks ago now, they had their VVDC, so Worldwide Developer Conference. Yes. And for some reason I still can't understand, my wife actually wanted to watch it with me. Well, that's the first. Yeah, so I, me and my wife and my four-month-old daughter <laughs> were stuck in front of VVDC for uh, until my daughter. I can't decide if this is very good parenting or very bad parenting. I but don't. Please do go on. Yeah, she actually has an iPhone body now. My daughter clothes not the shape of her. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. So they announced some really nice things when it comes to hardware yep. uh, and software, of course, but not as I would, not nothing like revolutionizing okay. in any way, I, right. as I see it at least. Right. We got some new friends on the <laughs> Apple Watch from Toy Story. Right, and the thing I really liked were, were actually the AR stuff with the iPhone and iPad. Mm-hmm. That that's really nice, mm-hmm. uh, and I have had the discussion with some colleagues in regards to Hololens uh, when we talk about AR and the use of AR in a phone versus in a headset. An AR as in augmented o- reality. Augment- yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, but I I wanted to talk especially. Specifically about the hardware, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely love the new iMac Pro. I wouldn't run Mac OS on it, but the hardware and the look of it is absolutely amazing. <laughs> and so is the price, <laughs> I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and again, the, I, as I see it, because it's it's impossible not to compare the iMac Pro to the Surface Studio. Um, I'd say the other way around, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, And the iMac outruns the Studio performance-wise on all aspects, I guess. Including the the cost. (laughs) Including the cost. But again, look at it. Like, the people I've met digital artists and so on yeah i see it as do they actually want that kind of hardware in a client machine because most of the artists i've met that require this kind of performance Mm -hmm. would rather have it on a rack-based workstation and then have great screens, good things to actually use it against the rack-based machine instead. So what you're pretty much saying is that the, the workstation of choice is something with a superb screen, but not necessarily this amount of horsepower. I, I don't see the need to have, if, of course, if you're at home, if you don't have a data center, and we are, of course, moving away from data centers, but I, I, I can't see the need for this kind of performance for this price when you have perhaps better solutions where you actually could use other screens and uh, another setup that potentially would be cheaper. 
because I can't imagine this device would be easily upgraded. So then you would need to buy the top spec and use it for an extended amount of time. How would you define easily upgradable? What, what, what are you considering? The CPU? The GPU. The GPU, right. I would say first of all. Uh, also the amount of uh, I could, GPU and CPU. Because C I, CPU, it turns out. I, I don't know if that's the case with the Pro. But the the um, they did a teardown of the old, uh, or the, the 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 previous version of the iMac. Yeah, I think it was, and it turns out that the CPU is actually you can replace yes. it. Yes. Okay. And that's a first. That's a first. And that's the weird thing. Apple seems to be moving towards making it easier to upgrade and easier to to disassemble and repair stuff. Yeah, which is odd. It is very odd for being apple for being apple yeah because that then they really lose in a way the argument they have had about creating the software for the hardware and the opposite i don't agree at all okay i mean you don't need to the, the software don't, don't come into play if you just change your cpu if you increase your memory if you change your your hard drive if you change your GPU, that's a whole different story. Yeah, and, and I previously I would have agreed with you, mm -hmm. but now when you actually can replace the CPU to in some ships, the Intel chipsets now, you actually can have a Cable Lake CPU in a Skylake chipset mm -hmm. if you would like to. And I, no, it's not a huge difference. But I can't, and someone, correct me if I'm wrong, but we gain so much from a Cable Lake CPU when it comes to um, battery life, performance, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, heat, and so on. Yep. Uh, and I guess that you would need some kind of new drivers. I agree. Uh, I, so, yeah, I agree. And I know that that's probably not a valid use case in most cases but again that has been apple's strong point that you you will get the most of the hardware because the software is designed for the hardware it runs on that is that is a very good point that i would i would um, i would guess that yes you might be able to change your cpu but yeah. only within yeah. a set of cpus yeah. but then, then again if the cpu for some reason breaks yeah you can change it yeah Otherwise, you have to ship the whole shebang into a service center, and they're going to take weeks, and it's going to be hideous and expensive. Yeah, and we'll get back to that. Okay. Because the, the next point, uh, just to sum up VVDC, I, I yep. think, like the, the the feeling I got from the event is that it wasn't particularly good. Okay. And it's never good when you actually have to tell the audience to applaud. Oh dear! They they actually had some moments where they announced something that they apparently thought were amazing, mm -hmm. and the audience were silent. That's interesting. So if you compare the feeling and the vibe from and sorry, this is not in any way comparing the the benefits of Microsoft and benefits yeah, of yeah, Apple yeah, in yeah, general, yeah. but the, from from an event side of things. The feel of a Microsoft, a modern Microsoft event, 
compared to the VVDC keynote were astonishing. Okay. Because the, the Apple one wasn't good at all. And it was actually just feeding out features. So what They, they didn't have a story at all. No, I was just about to ask that. So they, they didn't have a story and they pretty much fallen off the, the hype bandwagon. That's, yeah. That's, okay, so that's your... Um, that, that's my opinion. And, and what was the opinion of your daughter? <laughs> uh, she started to scream at the time they showed the AR stuff. There you go. <laughs> uh, but again, she's four months old. I, I wouldn't hold that against either Apple or her. Mm, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking about service and repairs of hardware. Yeah. And speaking of also here, a, a change from what Apple used to do and what Microsoft are doing now. Yeah, I, I read about the the ifixit.com site. They um, they have a, a metric ton of good repair manuals. Yep. They are amazing, ifixit.com. They tore the Surface laptop down. Or Were they able to? <laughs> rather, they tried to. Yeah. And it turns out that each and every piece of the darn thing is glued. Yep. And there are a lot of glue inside yep. so they gave it a zero in repairability with a comment that said if we can could give this a minus one we would have yep. it is not in any way possible to dismantle the surface laptop without breaking something yep. meaning that if your computer breaks or you want to change something you're shit out of luck you yep. need to send it in and you need to scrap it and that's that's horrible. That is not good for the environment. That is not good for for me as a customer. But doesn't that, if you send your device to Microsoft or their servicing partners, they have to be able to do something with it. I can't see how they would just scrap it. I'm sure they could. They, they must have some kind yeah, of yeah. way to open it and service it and then like doing what Apple does, basically have a refurnished program and resell it again. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure they do. And speaking of Apple here, Apple has actually kind of started. They have improved. With, they have improved and they are letting the um, the display change machine. Yep. You can buy that as a third-party vendor these days. Yep. And that's pretty much, you just put in the, the, the phone and it changes out the display for you. Yep. And I'm sure you can find similar tools for Surface Laptop, but think of the cost this means. Yep. You need to buy the tools. You need to certify people on working with it. Chemicals, difficulty. Bah. But I, I, I totally agree on the environmental side of things. Yeah. But from an end user perspective, if it works as it should work, then meaning, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, things will break. I'm sure they will. Mm. But speaking, if if I, as a consumer or enterprise user, my Surface device breaks, I send it in and immediately get a new device because that's I, it has to be working like that if you can't do anything with it. If that works, from an end user perspective, it has to be better. Yeah. Um, but still, you don't need to have the thing completely unserviceable to no. handle that. No, no, no. 
No, I agree. But, uh, yeah. I agree. We're, we're in agreement. And, and that, that's something we have seen when I've been working with most of the major hardware vendors. And that's actually uh, an argument for some of my customers to go with something other than Microsoft devices because they can do basic things with them, like replacing the battery, replacing, adding more memory, mm. whatever, without the need to re- resend yeah. it yeah. back. And, and from a Microsoft point of view, we are mo- mostly working with a replace scenario. If yeah. something breaks, you get a new exact this exactly similar device immediately yep which is better for the customer yeah then again everything is moving towards more integrated yeah more soldered to the main board so one can always have the argument yeah sure if you can open it doesn't matter because you can't dismantle the thing anyways yep so makes sense it's it's give some get some loose some so to speak yeah. did the glue have any other use than being a glue is it does it transfer heat? Because that could be an argument. I don't know. Nope. I've, I've, that would be an interesting yep. thing to find out. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We need to find that out, I think. Yeah, and I've actually had the pleasure of looking and holding. Uh, yeah, well, what, what was your opinion of the, the machine? Is it as gorgeous in, in life as it is on pictures? It is. Uh, I've... And I'm probably the only one in the world who likes the Alcantara. But it's... Nah. It's just another laptop. Sorry oh, okay. to say it. And, right. and I'm a Microsoft fanboy. I love it. But it's just another laptop. Okay. So when I'm replacing my Surface Pro 4, yeah, I would probably go for another Surface Pro. Yeah. Because... I don't want a laptop anymore. This is fine by me. I love the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And that, that would probably be the main reason why people would choose the laptop yeah, the keyboard. Over, yeah, yeah. over the Pro, the keyboard. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's basically just another laptop. And you like your laptop, you say. The funny yeah. thing is yeah. that your, your Surface died about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Isn't it strange? Uh, that's why I want a new one with ah, extended battery life. Uh, yeah, so I like it. It's a good-looking machine. It's highly usable. I know that Windows Weekly and Mario Foley did something about the lapability of it. It's probably the it's it's the best for most lappable uh, Microsoft device as of yet. Okay, but still not as good as some other laptops. Okay. Um, that's it, good to know. Yeah, so it's, it's a good device. I would probably choose the Pro mm. over it. but Due that, to the versatility. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that kind of bombshell-ish, <laughs> it is time Ish. to end the show, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, we will. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one.